Welcome to the Brave Church Podcast. We're so glad you decided to join us. Wherever you're listening from, we hope you're encouraged and inspired by today's message. Hey, Brave Church, we are so glad you joined us today. I hope you're ready for God's Word. Come on, are you ready for God's Word out there as you're watching today? Come on, are we ready for today? We're excited about church. I hope you are. And here's what we know is that the next three weeks, we are going to be tackling a subject that every one of us deal with. Yeah, you deal with it. I deal with it. Every single one of us are wrestling with this topic today as we kick off this new series. But before we get there, I just want to give you a few brief announcements. First of all, let me just let you know, dinner parties are happening this week. Dinner parties are the life of Brave Church. And can I say this? If you are not in a dinner party, you are missing out. Come on, what are you waiting for? You need to be involved in a dinner parties. There's small groups that are meeting on Zoom all over the city. Hundreds and hundreds of people are involved, and we want you to be a part of community. It is where you will grow in faith. It is where questions can be answered. It is where you can have people pray with you, and you can pray with people like you need people around you of faith who are supporting you, that are going to lift you up, that are going to fight for you. Come on, we need each other. We have this thing that we say here at Brave Church is that we are better Together, Come on, look at the person next to you and say, we're better together. And we believe that with all of our heart. Here, here's the last thing I want to let you know, is that starting tomorrow, we are kicking off seven days of prayer and fasting. Now, we know what prayer is. Some of us, we, we struggle praying to God because we feel like, well, man, maybe God um, has bigger things on his plate than what I'm asking him for. But let me tell you something, there's no prayer request too big or too small for our God? Come on, it's a good place for you to say amen. And, and then what we believe also is that there is power in our fasting. The Bible, Jesus teaches us that there are some things in your life that will not happen. There are some mountains that will not move. There are some obstacles that will not dissipate or disappear until we learn to fast. Now, fasting We know it in the medical field as something that can help your body. But spiritually, when we give something up that we really desire, like food or Netflix or social media, and instead replace it with God-centered practices and habits, supernatural things happen in our lives. We're believing over the next seven days that disease is going to be healed in Jesus' name. Come on. We're believing that addictions will be broken, that you have family members, a husband, a wife, a mom, a dad who need to know Jesus, that they are going to give their life to Jesus in these next seven days. Come on. Is there faith out there today to believe that in seven days, God can break things off of us and God can restore things? I'm believing Some of you are needing jobs, and I believe that God's going to give you a job in the next seven days. I'm believing that some of you are fighting despair and discouragement and depression, and we are believing today. I mean, I feel the authority of God in this place that there will be a breakthrough in our lives. And so look, here's what we're doing. We're making it so easy for you. Every single morning at 8.30 a.m. on Zoom, we are going to have a time of prayer that we are going to lead you live in prayer. So join with me tomorrow. I'm going to kick us off tomorrow morning at 8.30 a.m. on Zoom. We're going to give you the Zoom link right now on the screen, and then you can also find it on all of our social media platforms, also on brave.guide. And you can go to that Zoom page, and you can join with us for live prayer Tomorrow at 8.30 and every day for the next seven days. Man, it's going to be incredible. All right. Are you ready for God's word today? We're kicking off this series called Triggered. Triggered is is really a catchphrase that's been made popular in our culture and society. And basically what what triggers mean, it just means something that annoys you, something that bothers you. It's like a yikes kind of moment, right? Like triggered, like what triggers you? What is it in your life that, um, man, just like triggers like anger and, and resentment and bitterness and maybe a, a reaction that's, 
toxic in your life. And, and that word triggered is, it, it means that it brings something out of us that we don't love, that we don't like. It's, it's actually, um, when you're triggered, it brings negative emotions out of us. And I believe that one of those things that trigger us the most is the topic we're going to speak about today. And it's the topic of forgiveness. Because what I know is that many times we get triggered in life because we have unforgiveness in our heart. And what happens is, is when we haven't forgiven, it turns into bitterness and resentment. And then we get triggered by things. In fact, have you ever been at a place where you're just triggered by something and a few minutes pass and you're like, man, why did I get so upset at something that at that time seemed really big, but it's really insignificant? The reason why is because there's something deep inside of us that when negative things happen, it triggers that emotion. It triggers that pain. And then the result is something so much bigger than the actual issue that we're trying to resolve. And I believe that today God wants to help us with that. You know, I heard this story one time of this, uh, this military man. He was a soldier and he was um, commissioned off in another country and, and um, he had been serving his country for several years. And all of a sudden he got a letter from his girlfriend. And he gets this letter from her, and she would write to him all the time, and he would write to her all the time. And come on, isn't that romantic right there where you are? And, and he would get these letters, and he couldn't wait to receive these. And one day, he received a letter from his girlfriend. He was so excited to read it, and, and so he opens the letter. And as he begins to read the letter, he realizes that she is breaking up with him. She tells him, she says, hey, I just want you to know I'm sorry. I, I, while you've been away, I've fallen in love with someone else, and I'm actually engaged to get married, and I hate to tell you that the relationship is over. Come on, everyone, as you're watching, just go, ah. Yeah, it's sad, right? And, and so he sees that, and all of a sudden, he just gets so angry, and as he continues to read, she says, and oh, by the way, that picture that I sent to you, can you, can you mail it back to me, because we're going to use that picture on our engagement invitations, like how brutal, right? And so he sees that and his heart is broken and he is just filled with bitterness and resentment. And he tells all of the guys in his platoon, he tells all of the guys that he is serving the nation with and, and they're just like consoling him. They're trying to help him to feel better. And one of his friends says, hey, I've got an idea. Why don't we all take all the pictures of all of our girlfriends that we have and put them in a box and mail them to your girlfriend? So that's what he does. He takes all of his friends' pictures of his girlfriends, he puts them in a box, and he mails that picture to her with the picture of her in the box. And he includes in that box a letter, and here's what the letter says. Hey, can you find the picture of yourself and take it out and send me back all the other pictures of all the other girls? Because to be completely honest, I'm not sure which one you are. Whoa. Talk about, like, bitter like, we love to get revenge, right? Like, in this story, like, this guy is like, you know what? I'm going to show her. I'm going to hurt her. I'm going to get revenge to her. I'm going to make her feel like I don't even know who she is or who I'm even talking to. And here's what I know is that we love revenge. When things happen to us and someone pulls in front of you in traffic and maybe you're on 826, 836, 95, and someone cuts you off, you're like, I'm going to show them. And you drive your car. And you're like, ah, you're yelling. And what we know is, is that in our lives, even deeper things that have hurt us and affected us, if we're not careful, we live a life of resentment and bitterness that we want to get back. We want to get even. And Jesus has a lot to say about this because here's what I, I realized today. As you're watching, as you've come to church, there are some of you today that you're triggered. That even right now, as you're sitting there watching, like, like man, you can feel these negative emotions. And maybe even this morning or, or today, as you're watching this, you've been triggered by something. I'm believing today that the power of God is going to set us free of everything toxic and negative in our lives. Come on, and God is going to heal us and deliver us and give us authority over those things. In fact, Jesus, in Matthew chapter 18, verse 21, here's what he says. Jesus says, I'm going to show you how to forgive. Then Peter came to him and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? Jesus says, no, not seven times, but 70 times seven. And then Jesus goes on to tell a story or a parable, scripture would say. And the story is that there's this king who has this servant. And the servant owes the king millions of dollars. In fact, as you look at it, scholars say in today's money, it'd be about $12 million that this servant owes the king. And the king brings the servant in and says, hey, listen, you owe me money. You can't pay it back. So here's what I'm going to do. 
I'm going to take your wife, I'm going to take your kids, I'm going to take everything that you own, and I'm going to sell them to repay your debt. Well, I mean, imagine the servant is freaking out. He begins to beg the king. Scripture in Matthew says he literally gets on his hands and knees and is crying out for mercy. He's crying out saying, please don't sell my family. Please don't take these things from me. I'll do anything if you will just forgive my debt. There's no way I could pay you back such a huge debt. And Jesus tells this story and says that the king found mercy in his own heart and said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to forgive you of this debt because I know you could, you could never pay it back. And so guess what? The debt is gone. You no longer owe me $12 million. Well, guess what this servant does? He goes out and he's rejoicing and he's happy and he's excited. He's like, man, I can't believe it, man. The king has been so gracious to me and he's been so good to me. And as he's out on the street, all of a sudden, he comes across a friend of his. And he sees his friend on the street and goes, hey, hey, wait, don't you owe me $100? And his friend is like, oh, yeah, man, I, I meant to pay you back. Come on, you ever have someone that owed you money? Like, oh, I meant to pay you back. I called you. didn't answer. went straight through the voicemail. Oh, really? And he's like, man, I, I tried to call you. I tried to email you. I tried to text you. But, but my phone was turned off, and I just couldn't pay you. And the Bible says, as Jesus is teaching this story, that the man who had just been forgiven 12 million dollars looks at this man who owes him $100 and says, you are wicked and evil. I'm going to throw you in prison for the $100 you owe me. And in fact, he drags him before the very king that had forgiven him. And he says, hey, this is the guy who owes me $100. Throw him in prison. And they threw him in prison. And Jesus, as he's telling this story, ends the story by saying, and the king was irate and angry at this man because he had been forgiven of so much. I mean, can you imagine being forgiven of all of your debts? I mean, think about it right now. I mean, I don't know about you guys. Like, I don't know. Like, I mean, imagine like all of the debts that you have. Like, imagine someone just says, hey, take all of the money you owe, all of your credit cards, come on, somebody, all of your Macy's expenditures, all of your Nordy Club points, like all those things. Imagine, he says, you know, all that's gone. Uh, imagine your car payment is paid off. Come on, somebody. Your mortgage is paid off. Come on, imagine all of your debts are paid off. How excited would you be? And all of a sudden, the king says, I, I paid all of this off for you. And yet you didn't have mercy on someone who just owed you $100. And the Bible says this, that the king punished this man severely because of his inability and his lack of wanting to show the same mercy to someone else. Pastor, what what are you talking about here today? Like, why are we dealing with this subject? Because here's what I want you to know something. That we have been forgiven of so much. In fact, here's what I want to do. I want to give you some points. Would you take out something to write some notes down with? I want to show you three reasons why we need to forgive. From this story that Jesus tells, why we need to forgive. And number one, would you write this down? We need to forgive, number one, because God has forgiven me. Come on, you need to forgive because God has forgiven you. In fact, in Matthew 18.33, it says this. The king... Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? The truth is this, that God has forgiven you and I more than we could ever repay. Come on, somebody. Like, God has been so good. God's forgiven us more than for $12 million worth. God has forgiven us of our sin. God has forgiven us of our evil. God has forgiven us of all of our junk and all of our baggage and all of our stuff. And God has forgiven us so much. And Jesus is teaching this and he says, man, if God has canceled your debt, if he just has wiped it off and wiped it clean, how much more should you forgive people of what they do to you? You see, you have to get this today. This is a huge topic because every one of us get triggered. I find this in our culture that we're in today. 
Like there are more reasons to get triggered today than any other time. I was walking into a store just this week. It was a Starbucks and, and I walked in and I forgot my mask at my house and I walked in to get my drink and they're like, hey, hey, sir, you can't come in without a mask. And I, all of a sudden I'm like, dude, I already paid for it on the app. I'm going to get my drink. She goes, no, you cannot come in here without a mask. Man, I turned around. I walked out the door. I had a bad attitude. Come on, anybody been there? Like, like wear your mask. But I mean, I needed my drink. I needed my caffeine. And I just was offended. And I'm like, well, I've got to go buy a mask somewhere. I'm looking at a gas station. They didn't have it. I had to drive all the way back home to get my mask just to go get my drink. And you know what? We can get triggered. And guess what? When I get triggered... I lash out at other people, and so do you. So our triggered ends up triggering someone else. And then they get triggered, and then they trigger all over their kids or their spouse. And it is a chain reaction of trigger. And that's what we have in our culture. That's why some of you, the next seven days, you need to fast social media. Because Donald Trump is triggering you. Because the Democrats are triggering you. Corona is triggering you. Different things are triggering you. We should fight for justice, but let me just say it. All of the other things that are happening around the justice of people in our culture, it's triggering you to unhealthy places. What if today we just said, God, I'm going to search my heart in anything that is triggering me and bringing out thoughts and toxicity and hurt, I'm going to remove that and I'm going to fill that with peace, love, joy, strength, courage, understanding, wisdom, clarity, and hope. Come on, somebody. I'm trying to help you today. You see, God says this, because I have forgiven you of so much like this king, I expect you to pass it on. In fact, here's here's the whole point of this message today. Because we've been forgiven much, we should forgive much. God says, look what I have already done for you. All I'm asking you to do is pass it on. Isn't it amazing how we want to receive much forgiveness, but we don't want to give much forgiveness? God says, no, 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 no. As much as I have given you, I want you to give that back. Look what Ephesians 4.32 says, be kind and compassionate to each other, forgiving each other just as Christ forgave you. Listen, the way that you let go of hurt, the way that you let go of pain, the way that you let go of bitterness is you have to remember how much God has forgiven you. You have to remember we have been forgiven of so much. In fact, in Luke chapter 7, Jesus has an encounter with a woman. And scripture says that she was an immoral woman. I don't know what her immorality was, but she was immoral. She was not a Christian. She was not a church person. She was sinful in what her lifestyle was. And look what Luke chapter 7 says. The disciples are are here in this story. And the woman, she takes out this expensive bottle of perfume. And she begins to wash Jesus' feet. And watch this. Jesus' own disciples get upset at her because they're saying, what is she doing? She's wasted like thousands of dollars of this very rare expensive perfume just to wash feet. And Jesus says in verse number 47, I tell you, her sins as they are many, have been forgiven. She has shown me so much love. But a person who is forgiven little only forgives a little. Then Jesus says, your sins are forgiven. Come on, Scripture is saying this. If you've been forgiven of a little, you're only going to forgive a little. But I'm talking to some people today in your living room. Come on, anybody here with me today? Like We have been forgiven of so much. And man, I just think that we need to thank God for His forgiveness. We need to thank God for His mercy. We need to thank God for His grace. Come on, are you with me today? That we need to thank God because we've been forgiven of so much. You see, the reality is this. Some of you should have been dead because of how crazy you were living. And God forgave you and saved you. Some of you should have lost your mind because of all the drugs you did and all the crazy stuff that you were involved in. But here you are today. You're watching today. And that guilt has been released. That shame has been released. That pain is being released. And it's because we have been forgiven of so much. 
In fact, I think that we forget how much grace and love and mercy we've received. Why don't we just give God right now, even where you are, a five-second praise break. Come on, just to thank Him. Thank you, God, for your mercy. Thank you for your blood. Thank you for your forgiveness. Because here's what we know. When we realize how much we have been forgiven, then we can forgive that much. And I'm here to tell you, you have been forgiven of so much. I've been forgiven of so much. Jesus says, because she has been forgiven of so much, leave her alone with her extravagant worship. Leave her alone with her extravagant praise. Can I just encourage some of you? You need to break out of a comfort zone. This isn't even in my notes. This is for someone watching right now. You need to break out of the norm and get extravagant with your worship. Come on. You need to get extra, even right there where you are. You may need to stand up from your couch and lift up your hands and thank God for his forgiveness over your life. You need to stand up at your job. You need to pull over your car and just have a praise break in your car and get extravagant because of the extravagant love that our God has given us. Let us never just make this relationship religion. Religion is just despicable to God. But it's when we have relationship and we say, God, you have forgiven me of so much. What it does is like this woman, she breaks out her best. She brings out her extravagant perfume and she says, I'm going to do something out of the norm and I don't care what people think. Even Jesus' disciples were critical of her. Come on, you need to break out and say, I don't even care if other Christians are critical of me. I don't care if my dinner party leader is critical, which they would not be. I don't care if other people are brave, don't understand my praise because if you've been forgiven of much, you are not ashamed of Jesus. Come on, you won't be ashamed of him at school. Come on, student. You won't be ashamed of him at your university. You won't be ashamed of him in front of your co-workers. Some of you, man, I'm getting my preach on today. Some of you just need to break out and have some extravagant praise to God. Say, I don't care what people think about me. You don't know my story. This is my story. This is my song. I'm going to praise my Savior. What is that? This old song that says all the day long. What he's saying is this. You don't know my story, so I don't care what you say. I know what God has done in me. So I've got to give him praise. Number two, why do we need to forgive? Number two is this. Because resentment makes me miserable. Resentment, when you hold on to unforgiveness. It always hurts you more than it hurts the other person. You know what resentment does? It makes you the victim. You know what resentment does? It's making some of the pain of our past. And resentment brings pain of our past into our present, all because we won't forgive. You may say, well, Pastor, I'll forgive when I feel like I can forgive. Can I tell you, forgiveness is not a feeling, it's a choice. Let me say that again. Forgiveness is not a feeling, it is a choice. If you wait until you feel like forgiving to forgive, you will never forgive. It is a choice that you say, God, today I'm going to forgive, not for their good, but for my good. I'm going to forgive them, not because they deserve it, but because I deserve to be free of this pain. You see, not forgiving is like drinking poison, hoping the other person will die. It doesn't work that way. When you hold on to resentment, it makes you miserable. And some of you are miserable right now. Because you're blaming someone else for things in your life and you've held on to it and they're going on with their life. Come on, they're completely happy. The person who hurts you, they're not even thinking about you. They're out having fun. They're laughing. They're at the beach right now. And here you are. You're sitting there just miserable. You're thinking about it before you go to bed at night. You're thinking about it when you wake up in the morning. You're thinking about all of the things that happen. And let me tell you something. It's making you miserable. That's why Jesus talks about this so much in his word. In fact, in Matthew 18, the man who had been forgiven of millions could not let go of his past. And look what it says, verse number 33. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? Then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured. Very important word there, to be tortured. Until he had paid off his entire debt. You know what's interesting in this story? Jesus says that the man was tortured because he had not forgiven and resentment had built up in his life. Some of you are tortured. You live in constant torture in your life because 
of unforgiveness. I can tell you, I've been a a pastor for over a decade, and I have talked to thousands and thousands and thousands of people, no exaggeration, thousands of people. We have thousands of people who call Brave Church their home church. And let me tell you something, nothing will mess up your life more than unforgiveness. I've seen it in so many people's lives. Nothing will mess up your relationships like unforgiveness. Nothing will contaminate you mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally in your relationships like unforgiveness. Resentment does nothing except for make us miserable. Hebrews 12, 15 says this, look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. And watch this, watch out, watch out. Come on, say that with me. Watch out. Come on, look at somebody next to you and say, hey, watch out. That no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you and corrupting many people. Brave church, let me ask you this question. What root do you have in your life that God wants to remove? What root of bitterness is in your life that you need God to remove? I've really narrowed it down to three particular types of roots when it comes to unforgiveness. Write this first root down. It's the blaming root. Some of us have this blaming root that you're blaming other people for your unhappiness. You're blaming people. You're like, if it wasn't for so-and-so, things would have been different. If that hadn't happened to me, if they had not done that to me, I wouldn't be where I'm at. I wouldn't be living this kind of situation. If I hadn't had a parent like that, if I hadn't had a husband like that, if I hadn't had a wife like that, if I didn't have a boss like that, things would be so much better. Who are you blaming? It is a root of bitterness. Come on, are you still with me today? Drop a comment in on Facebook, on YouTube. Let me know you're here. Come on, I'm talking to somebody. It's a blaming root, and it is rooted in your heart. And today, God wants to pluck that out. It's a, it's a blaming root. How about this? Maybe it's a collecting root. Like you are collecting debts of unforgiveness and offense. Some of you, 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 like, you literally calculate and add up the good that people do and the bad that people do to you. You're keeping a record of what people do in your life and you remember it like, it, man, you can collect it like that. Like, man, I know what they've done. This person's done more good than bad. I'm going to keep them. This person's done this and that. And it's just like you're collecting these debts. And 1 Corinthians 13 verse 5 says this, love keeps no record of wrongs. In other words, love doesn't keep score. Come on, let me talk to some married couples here today. That you've been, you've been living together, you've done life together, you may have kids together. And man, some of you are, like you're just, you've got like a scorecard on what they've done and resentment has built up in your heart. I cancel that in Jesus' name over your marriage. It will destroy your marriage. Come on, we cannot let that root be a part of our life. It's a, it's a collecting root. Maybe, number three, write this down, it's a behavioral root. The behavior of someone, it's, a, it's the behavior. Have you ever found yourself talking to someone or in relationship with someone and you're constantly comparing them to someone else who hurt you? Like, I mean, you're like, man, you just, you remind me of my dad. Of your dad. You remind me of your dad. Your dad hurt me. Now you remind, you remind me of, of my mom. You remind me of my aunt. You remind me of my deal. You remind me of my ex-boss. You remind me of my ex-spouse. And if you're not careful, come on. We begin to look at the behavior of other people and it's damaging our current relationships because we've held on to bitterness of past relationships. Come on. You cannot move forward as long as you're holding on to something in your past. You've got to remove that root today in Jesus' name. You cannot, you cannot portray the hurts of the past onto the person in your present and in your future. You've got to ask God, God, just remove this behavior root that every time they do that or say that, my mind races to the worst case scenario of what happened. No, 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 no longer. Today is a day we're drawing a line in the sand. Come on. We're saying that no more today. We're going to look forward. Some of you can't trust God as your father because your father walked out on you and abandoned you. And he was never there for you. And that's kept you. Come on. We're drawing a line in the sand saying, God, remove that behavior root so I can trust you as my father. You're a good, good father. And I love you. I trust you. I welcome your warm embrace and God I thank you for your plan for my life so we're going to ask God to deal with these roots in our life see here's the reality you're going to make a choice today 
And the choice is this, either get better or stay bitter. Either get better or stay bitter. I want to put these on the screen because I want you to see them so that you retain them. Bitterness imprisons your life. Love releases your life. Bitterness paralyzes your life. Love empowers your life. Bitterness will sour your life. Love will sweeten your life. Bitterness sickens our life in our bodies. But love, love heals our life. Bitterness blinds us to life. But love opens our eyes. You see, we have to forgive and we have to let it go. Number three, why do we forgive? Write this down. We forgive because I'm going to need forgiveness again. I'm going to need forgiveness again. So that means I need to forgive today, the next day, tomorrow, the next tomorrow, the next year, the year after that, the year after that. You know why? Because I'm going to need forgiveness today and today and tomorrow and the next tomorrow and the next day and the next week and the next year. I need to forgive because I need more forgiveness. Matthew 18.35 says this, that's what my heavenly father will do to you. If you forgive, if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. In other words, what he's saying, this king who threw this man in prison, Jesus says this, that's what God will do to you if you refuse to forgive. In other words, if you refuse to forgive, you will be held a prisoner in your circumstances. Here's what I'm saying to you today. We cannot receive what we do not give. So don't burn the bridge down today that you may need to cross over tomorrow. We can only receive in what we are willing to give out. So what do we have to do? Write these things down. We have to ask for forgiveness. We have to accept forgiveness. And we have to offer forgiveness. I love what it says in Matthew 6.14. Look at this verse. It's so good. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But here we go, verse number 15. But if you refuse to forgive others, your father will not forgive your sins. Matthew chapter 5, or Mark chapter 5, rather, verse 25. But when you are praying, first forgive anyone you are holding a grudge against so that your father in heaven will forgive your sins too. Have you ever been praying and you felt like your prayers were just hitting the ceiling? There could be different reasons for that. But Mark chapter 5 gives us a key ingredient that perhaps the reason why you feel like your prayers aren't going anywhere is because you have unforgiveness in your heart. God says this, how can I bless you when you're cursing other people? I believe that some of you, your breakthrough, your job promotion, your financial provision, I believe that the relationship healing that you need, I believe that salvation and forgiveness of family members you're believing God for, for many of us, it hinges on this one thing. You letting go and forgiving someone else. The offense doesn't even have to be against that person. You can be praying for someone that's never hurt you, but because you have unforgiveness toward a complete different person, our prayers are limited by our unforgiveness. Now do you see why this is such a big deal? Because some of you this week, as you take the step and say, man, I've been triggered, but I'm not going to be triggered by that any longer. I'm going to let, I'm not going to live a life of offense. Some of you are watching right now. Come on, I want to speak to the Brave Church family for a minute. You have leaders, dinner party leaders, Brave Life leaders, and you've been tempted to be offended at them, maybe at me, maybe someone else, a staff member, maybe one of your small group leaders, and you've been tempted to be offended. Can I tell you something? That is a lie of the enemy. Offense is a gateway to bitterness and resentment, and that always hurts you. Let it go. We've got to say, God, I'm going to let it go. Well, well, Pastor David, this is great. Like, I hear you. I understand that, like, we need to do it. But how do I forgive, right? Like, how do I do it? Let me give you three quick things. Number one, come on, write this down. You've got to get this down. These are the practical points that are going to empower you this week. Number one, how do I forgive? Release the person entirely. You've got to release the person entirely. You've got to say, hey, listen, we're even. 
We're even. I release you. I release the right for you to even repay me. You cannot repay me, not because I will refuse it, but because I've already released you of the date. I release revenge. I release any words that you spoke over me. I release words you should have spoken over me, but you never did. I release you for abandoning me. I release you for forgetting me. I release you. Come on, we've got to release the person entirely. In Romans 7, it says this, never repay evil for evil. But when people do evil things to you, repay evil with good. It's not hurting them, it's hurting you when we don't do that. So number one, release the person entirely. Because here's the thing, if you don't release it, you will rehearse it. What you don't release, you rehearse. And if we don't release it, then what happens is we begin to rehearse that offense. And every time, come on, every time you let that replay in your mind, how they weren't there for you, how they betrayed you, how they cheated on you, how they neglected you, how they stole money from you, how they took clients from you, how they sabotage you, how they, uh, every time you rehearse it, guess what? That bitterness becomes like concrete and it gets harder and harder and harder in our lives. But today can be a day that you say, I'm going to release it in Jesus name. I'm going to, but pastor, you don't know. Like I worked in that company for so long. I was the best employee and they kept someone else on and they didn't keep me on. And it's so unfair. Listen, release it. Stop rehearsing. Pastor, man, that failed marriage. Like I gave my best. I gave my best and it was on them and they've hurt. No, no, you've got to release it. In Jesus' name, stop rehearsing it and release it. It's keeping you from God's best. It's keeping you from God's destiny for your life. So, Pastor, how do I release somebody? Let me teach you. Are you ready? I want you today to take a pen and a paper. You've got paper. We've got paper. Eric's got paper. Come on. You've got paper. Come on. we all got paper. Here's what I want you to do. Come on. Get a pen and a paper today. I'm going to teach you how to release it. Here's what you're going to do. I want you to write down what they owe you. Come on. I want you to, like, right now, like, the person, we're doing this in real life. Come on, Hannah, Eric, come on, we got to do this right now. We're, 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 we're writing down what they did to us. What do they owe you? Some of you, you need to determine what that person owes you, what you want from them. Be specific. Some of you need to be like, he owes me an apology. She owes me an explanation. They owe me respect. They abused me, took away my innocence. Come on, this is what we're doing. Come on, we're releasing it right now. I'm believing God in Jesus' name. Some of you are being released of things that have held you in prison for so many years, and the devil is so mad right now. I take authority over the enemy. He's so mad because you're getting free right now. Come on, we're just releasing it. We're releasing it. I'm going to write this down. Your roommate from 10 years ago stole $1,500 from you. You're like, oh, man, I'm going to get that money back one day. No, 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 just I'm going to release it right now. Some of you, a drunk driver, I just feel it right now. A drunk driver hit your grandmother and killed your grandmother. And you're just like, you took my grandmother away. Come on, I'm just going to write that down right now. I'm going to write that down. How about, how about this? How about this? You, you owe me a marriage that, that failed. How about this? You, you owe me my heart. You broke my heart. How about this? A business partner took some of your clients and some of the customers. You trusted them. but they No, no, no. I, you know what? I'm going to write down what you owe me. And here's what you're doing. You're saying this, I'm canceling the debt. I let go of my right to hurt you, to get even with you. You see, when you write these things down, you have this paper. You know what you're saying? I'm canceling the right for me to get even with you. I'm taking all of the debts that I have that you owe me. That they owe me. That your in-laws owe you. Those words they spoke over you. And I'm taking all of those debts. And here's what I want you to do today. I want you to take this piece of paper. Now I know some of you are like, Pastor, it's too soon. I'm not ready yet. I want to stare at this list for like 15 minutes. and just re- Can I just rehearse it for 15 more minutes? No, but come on, listen. Today, right now, I want you to take this list of all the debts. And I want you to say... They're canceled. I let go of it. Every hurt, every root, 
of bitterness is gone. Because to forgive someone is to set a prisoner free. Only to realize the prisoner was me. Some of you today, as we close, I want to let you know something. God wants to set us free. We've been prisoners. We've been hurt. Some of you, you need to tear that up and you need to say, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop looking for an apology. I'm going to stop bringing it up. Come on. I forgive them. I forgive them. They don't owe me anymore. Come on. Today, you're going to stop wanting an apology. You're going to stop looking for an apology. Today, you're going to say, you know what? I'm going to stop wishing you would die. Come on. I'm going to stop right now. I cancel the debt and I let you go. That's what it looks like to release. Number two, write this down. How do we forgive? I want you to understand something that you can recognize God's purpose in the process. Let me say this. God never wastes our pain. God will never waste your pain. In fact, I remember one of my favorite stories in all of scripture is Joseph. And Joseph was betrayed and abandoned and sold into slavery by his brothers. And fast forward sometime, just a little less than 20 years, all of a sudden Joseph is the ruler of the entire nation. And in Genesis chapter 50, verse 19, his brothers come to him begging him for food. They, they abandoned him. They sold him into slavery. And now he's the ruler of this nation in Egypt. And they come to him for relief. And look what Joseph says to them in verse 19. Don't be afraid of me. Am I God that I can punish you? You intended me harm, but God intended it all for good. And he brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. You see, when Joseph released the pain of his past, come on, lean in, I'm almost done. When Joseph released the pain of his past, all of a sudden God could use his pain in the process to bring about his purpose. Now all of a sudden, Joseph can say, look at all the bad that God has turned around and has made all the bad something that has turned out for my good. Can I tell you today, God, when he takes your pain, he can take the bad that happened to you and make it for your good. He can take the curses over you and turn them into God's blessings. He can take the destruction that has happened and what he can do is turn that into his destiny for your life. What we need to understand today is this, you will never experience all of the good that can come from all of the bad until you release that bad to God and begin to recognize that God can bring good out of all the bad. And today we're going to say, God, I'm going to trust you and recognize that you're doing a process in my life. Number three, write this down. How do I forgive? You need to reestablish as much as possible. Reestablish as much as possible. In the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be talking about this, that forgiveness and reconciliation are not the same. Because some of you are like, well, pastor, they've that they hurt me and if I forgive them does that mean I need to be reconciled with them and in relationship with them watch we're going to talk about this in the next couple of weeks but forgiveness and reconciliation are not the same forgiveness is every time reconciliation is a maybe forgiveness is I forgive you every time you hurt me but reconciliation is maybe in fact scripture says in Romans twelve eighteen, if it is possible Those four words are so powerful. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Here's what he's saying. If it's possible to live at peace with that person, then do it. But not if it's not beneficial to you. In other words, let me say this. If they have harmed you, abused you, God never says that you should suffer abuse or harm in regards to forgiveness. No, you can forgive them, but if it is possible, reconcile. If not, forgive them and let them go. I remember Jesus. Jesus had two men that were close to him, Peter and Judas. Peter denied Jesus. Judas betrayed Jesus. Jesus, he reestablished his relationship with Peter but he did it with Judas. Here's the reason why. He understood that with Peter, that his heart was willing to be reconciled. 
But with Judas, his heart was evil. So what did Jesus do? He recommitted and reestablished with Peter, but he released Judas. Some of you today, there are relationships that have been severed that God wants to reestablish. There are other relationships that you are in that God wants to release. And you have felt like, well, I've got to keep in my life because that's not a Christian thing to do. No, 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 no. You can reestablish and you can release. You can reestablish and you can release. They're not the same, but forgiveness is an everyday matter. Number four, write this down. And we're going to close with this. Pastor, how do I forgive? How do I do do this? It's hard. How, How do I do this? I never said it was going to be easy. But how do I do this? Number four, simply this. Repeat the process. You've got to repeat the process. Can I tell you, you are going to need to forgive people over and over and over and over and over and over again. You just have to pre-decide, I'm going to forgive you because you're human. You're going to hurt me. You're going to say things, but I forgive you. I forgive you. Come on. There needs to be forgiveness with spouses that are watching. Come on. Some of you are students and you're young people. You need to forgive your your mom or your dad, even grown adults that your parents are still living. You need just to forgive them. Come on. You need to forgive old friendships. You need to forgive. You're going to have to forgive over and over and over again. I even sense even today there is a release. Even as we're saying this, there's a release from your heart. But tomorrow morning, the enemy is going to try to bring it back. You're going to have to repeat the process over and over again but here's the reason why you are going to need forgiveness over and over and over again that's why Jesus says to Peter in Matthew chapter 18 Lord how often should I forgive someone who sins against me seven times Jesus looks at Peter and says, no, not seven, Peter, but 70 times seven. You see, forgiveness is a lifestyle, not an event. We are going to, as Brave Church, live a lifestyle of forgiveness. We are going to live a lifestyle where we refuse to be offended. We refuse to say, well, they overlooked me. They didn't see me. They didn't see it all the times. And let me tell you, let me just talk to our church because we have a lot of people that serve in a lot of areas. And can I tell you, can I just be real? This is for the church folks. Come on, listen to me. You prayed one time, God, use me. And all of a sudden, God uses you and you're serving. And now you're looking like, oh man, no one appreciates what I do. They're just using me. You prayed for God to use you. But it's amazing how the enemy can take something we prayed And God answered, and then it can turn into something that we use as an excuse for offense. It is a bait of Satan that the enemy wants you to take. Because the end goal is to destroy you and your family, to uproot you from your cause and your purpose and God's destiny. And no longer today are we going to take the bait of Satan. We are going to repeat the process over and over and over again. You know, as you're watching today, I realize that through the power of the Holy Spirit, we have touched on a sensitive subject. Almost every Sunday, we receive emails and messages from people that are saying, man, I cried the entire message. Or maybe it was a moment like this that you have felt the Holy Spirit working in your heart. Don't miss this moment. Come on, I want to talk to a man that's watching this right now that on the outside you're tough and strong and I don't need anybody but all that is that's a defense mechanism because you've been hurt and there's been bitterness and you didn't realize when you kept people out you also kept God out today God just wants to break that lady I don't know who you are that you're watching right now but I want you to lock eyes with me on the screen right now I'm talking to you that even right now God is bring to you that person you need to forgive and you need to let it go and God is saying to you I prophetically release this through the airwaves I prophetically release that as soon as you let it go you're going to see open doors God's going to open supernatural doors we choose to forgive I 
we so thankful that God has forgiven us of so much? I want to pray with you today. Then one of our team members is going to lead us in our next steps. But I want to pray that God would help us to forgive and to no longer be triggered. Some of you today, you need to sign up for a dinner party because you're trying to do this alone and you can't. I'm telling you, dinner parties, they are the most important thing that we do here at Brave Church. It's not just something we've added on. It's not like an upgrade, like you go through the drive-thru. Hey, would you like to add this? No, 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 no. This is the main course, dinner parties. It's where you grow. You need this. You need to sign up today. You need to not put it off. You need to like, as soon as this message is over, go online, brave.guide, sign up for a dinner party. Leaders are waiting to receive you and minister to you. Come on, right there where you are, I want to ask you to do something if you can. I want you to put your notes down. I want you to remove any kind of obstacle that would steal your focus. Would you lift up your hands just like this? And I want to ask you, with your hands like this, in a manner of receiving, just to pray this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, today, right now, I need forgiveness of every sin. Thank you for forgiving me of such a huge debt that I could never pay. I know forgiveness cost you everything on the cross. And forgiveness, it's going to cost me. Forgiveness is not free. It's going to cost me my pride. It's going to cost me my will. It's going to cost me my comfort zone. But today, as I receive forgiveness from you, help me to forgive them for what they've done to me. And I release it into your hands. Give me the strength and the power to forgive every day. And here's the declaration. Come on, are you ready? Here's the declaration. Here we go. Say this with me. I refuse to be triggered by unforgiveness. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen. Come on. Man, don't you just feel a little bit lighter today? I do, just even preaching. Hey, don't go anywhere. We have brave kids. It's coming up. It's exciting. But before you go, our pastor is going to share with you some next steps that you cannot miss. Listen, I love you. Your pastor loves you. I'm praying for you. Drop any prayer requests that you have in the comments. We want to pray for you this week. Do me a favor. Invite someone to come with you. We have some announcements about us gathering again in person. You don't want to miss. Stay tuned this week. Seven days of prayer and fasting begins tomorrow. Thanks for joining us for today's message from Brave Church. For more information or to get in touch with us, visit us at bravemiami.com.